Yeah. Had to push my faith over my fear. Now the kid is lighting up. I'm on that Ellie Gare. Flair. Listen to this podcast again. The time is ripe. The time is ripe. Because ripe. <laughs> pun intended. Okay. Yo, pun goes hard. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Yeah. What? <laughs> Don't do that. Did you just do the spirit fingers? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm counting down. I'm counting down. I was trying to give you all a chance to. You know what? Welcome, up, ladies and gentlemen. We're going back in time. What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Time Is Ripe podcast. My name is Scott Smith. You are here on the Time Is Ripe. It's the podcast of Ripe Creatives. We are a ministry based in the great city of Philadelphia. We are a creative community, and we do a lot of beautiful things here in the city. And on this podcast, we go back in time to discuss events that happen within the Ripe community, things that we produce, put together, or things that we partnered with others on. And today we have an amazing episode in store for you guys as we go back to June 2nd, 2023. Uh, there was a thing that happened called FOF Fest. That's F-O-F, Faith Over Fear Festival. Uh, it happened in the great city of Philadelphia. And the people who were ultimately responsible for FO Fest taking place are in the room with me. I got a couple of guests here to break this whole thing down. First guest, you already know this man because he's on every episode pretty much. Mr. Jared Todd, my Moses. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. It's going to be a good episode, Jared. I'm glad you explained what it was because I remember I didn't know what FOF stood for until the day of the event. You thought it was Fawfest. I, I didn't know what it was. I just kept calling it Fawfest. <laughs> Fawfest. <laughs> We're doing Fawfest today. Um, that's the voice of Jared Top Mop Moses, and uh, he's the one who puts this whole thing together. So thank you, Top Mop Productions, yep. for all you do. My other two guests in this room. First up, we got a returner from season one. Woo-woo. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of season one. We went back in time to talk about this man's concert. We did a creative concert with him. It was an amazing show, but also an amazing episode. His voice has not been on the podcast since, but today... But he has been mentioned. He's been mentioned many, many times. Many, many times. <laughs> but his voice is back, finally. Doc Hero, ladies and gentlemen, back yeah. on the pod. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back, man. I'm glad to be back. It's always a joy to have Doc Hero on the time is right. It means we're doing we're doing something right if Doc Hero is in the room. It means we did something fun if Doc's in the room. That's a fact. That's a fact. Doc yeah, does not hold that. back. Um, we have one other guest here to break this whole thing down. It is his first time on the podcast, but ironically, years ago, I was actually on his podcast <clears throat> that had a very short run, <laughs> Ready, Set, Create. You could probably find it still on Spotify. <laughs> Uh, but it did not have very many episodes because my man ripped his pants. <laughs> Wait, I didn't hear about this story. Yeah, it's actually your fault. Please, please tell the story. Please tell the story. On, before, before we get to the ripping of the it's pants fault, story, Doc. I do need to introduce this man. Uh, Stars and Bars Creative Co., Philly Wedding Films, the man behind the van called comcast oh god <laughs> take them keys right take now. the keys uh i know him affectionately as sean prez ladies and gentlemen welcome sean prez to the podcast good morning good evening good night whatever time of day it is what's up we're super excited to have you sean i've known sean for years and uh before we dive into the pants splitting story because it's a good one um Sean, can you just give a little bit of context for who you are as, you know, a first-time guest on a podcast, 
pretend people have no idea who you are. Can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Well, no, and one, no one knows who I am. Everybody. <laughs> well, knows no, who no, you. no. They do the Doc Hero podcast. Like we talked about, like your your vital role in it all. You and me working together in the back, and, and even uh, even good soil. Your name even good soil. Your name. You, your name um, has been mentioned you, on this you've been, podcast. I'm the silent force. You're part of Canon Worship Fest. The silent force, and yet we were telling the story about how you like to run up on stage with like traffic cones and stuff on your head. This is true. <laughs> you have been mentioned, but for the audience that doesn't know who you are and what you do, please explain who you are. But also explain a little bit of context of like how you got connected with the ripe picture overall. Yeah, so uh, my name is Sean Prez, uh, born and raised in West Philadelphia. Uh, started. I out- think there's a song about that. Yeah, it is. Please don't sing the song. Bro, we've had so many people on the podcast that could have that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're based in Philly, but, you know, we're not smacking people on, you know, Oscar stages and whatnot. Facts. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm the creative lead at Stars and Bars Creative in Philly Wedding Films. Uh, Stars and Bars is a one-stop creative shop. We do website design, graphic design, videography, and photography. Um, and also, we branched off and created this wonderful brand outside of that called Philly Wedding Films, which has won uh, The Knot and Wedding Wire Best of Weddings for the past two years. What is yes, The Knot? Is. So The Knot is one of the leading wedding directories for uh, brides and grooms to find all their vendors. Ooh, yes. Okay. Yeah. My man is winning awards left and right as a wedding filmographer. Yeah. yeah. Videographer. Do you want to say that again? Thanks. No, I just, I was having fun with it. Cinematographer. Cinematographer. There you go. You're making movies out here. Yeah. Um, really. Sean is a beast. Uh, he also, I don't know if he will say this or not, but I have always been impressed by Sean's ability to produce events. It's such a high caliber. There's a lot of like, you know, kind of canon stories in the great city of Philadelphia about uh, Sean's ability to take an idea, typically the Doc Hero has, and bring it to life. <laughs> um, there's like an infamous story of doing like a 90s show kind of throwback oh, and you man, went around yeah. the city and picked up random old tube TVs off, yeah. the, off the side of the road yep. and Go somehow finessed making them all work together and made an entire set design of it. Um, Sean has a great eye for lighting um, early on and throwing creatives events. They, Sean was one of the first people I called to get his perspective on lighting and space and venue stuff and how to make things better. Even helped me at the Philly project back in the day yeah. with the bubble wrap. Yeah. Remember that? I remember that, man. So a lot it of reminded like, me of a lot of things. We've done a lot of things over the years to make things that would have looked one way, look a better way. Yeah. Uh, you just have an eye, you have a creative eye. So um, yeah, very much appreciate you. Now, all right, we're not skipping it. We can't Pants skip split it. Story. So we're shooting the podcast. Ready, set, create. Yep. We're shooting it actually at the Mance, ironically, mm-hmm. uh, where Rick and Abel lived, and we're in the room. We shoot the entire thing. I think you were there shooting the video, right, Doc? Yeah. Doc was in the room. Doc was uh, on the other side of the camera. Yeah, Doc was shooting this. Uh, you remember it now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I had this podcast. It was called Ready, Set, Create. And uh, we were doing a bulk shoot. So we had Rick Harmony. We had Scott at the Mets. And uh, while we were filming said podcast, Doc was doing the video portion. Because I thought that was like a very critical element as far as how it was going to go. And uh, the interview went great. I think the audio might be up somewhere. Yeah, I think the audio exists. The audio did make it, but uh, the video did not because when I went home to edit the video, my crotch was out. 
So the video didn't make the cut. No. <laughs> <laughs> My pants didn't make the cut. The can- the pants made a cut. Yeah. They made some type of cut. None of us like, noticed was- though. That's what's right, crazy. Yeah. Either that or you guys are really bad friends. I, I did not notice. I didn't notice okay. It was like the booger in the booger hanging out the nose kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was bad. But man. he was I was like, dude, just release a video. And he was like, I'm not doing it. Like no. there's no way. It's Absolutely so bad. Absolutely. Uh, bad. Man. It'd be really funny if you just put a blur mark over it and release the video. I anyway. want to get demonetized before I get monetized. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, that is the uh the greatest introduction in the history of introductions here on Time is Right. Um, so as I said, we're, we're talking about a specific date and time, June 2nd, 2023, FOF Fest. Um, you guys, Doc and Sean, I would love to hear, cause you know, we're talking about a specific date, but FOF Fest predates June 2nd, 2023. This has been a thing that's been happening for a long time. So can you guys give a little bit of history lesson on FOF itself? <laughs> I, got question. I got you. So FOF Fest was not originally FOF Fest. It started off as Mayhem. Yeah, started off as Mayhem. So why don't you go back and talk about how Mayhem came to be? Okay. So this is how Mayhem really came to be. So, of course, as an artist or whatever, you're always constant trying to get like on people's shows and stuff like that. And during this era, it was... The cafe scene, that's what we called it. So in the beginning of it, it was always hard for me to get on these cafes or whatever. Eventually, I was able to get on them, just stuff like that. And I was like, okay, cool. So like, let's try to get on some better quality events. Kept trying to get on those, kept getting denied. Then I met, you know, a couple of, you know, the, I guess you would say the top artists during that time, which are still probably at their tops now. Um Met one of them one time, kind of gave me the cold shoulder. And it was that. It was like, you know what? I'm going to just create my own lane. And from that, we birthed, like, the concert. So I came to show. I was like, yo, I want to I wanna put on my own concert. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what this is going to look like. But I'll get the venue. Let's let's try to make it happen. And then literally, like, probably, like, for that first one, what, like, at least like 300 people showed up. It was so funny thing is, scorching. I wasn't a part of the first one. That was you actually, wasn't? No. That was you and Deuce. crazy. That was you and Deuce. Wow. I didn't like you at the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up. I didn't, I didn't no. like that. Uh, what, what year is this range was? So, funny like story. So Facebook the Memories first. is teaching me a lot right now. Because it seems like we've always done it around the same time of year. It was actually 11 years ago. We probably should have had Deuce here, too. Deuce, like, knows. Deuce like, is, like, the actual he, historian. <laughs> who's Deuce? Deuce B. Who's, who's Deuce? <laughs> it's a callback from season one. Deuce B. <laughs> missed the episode? Deuce. Go check it out. <laughs> if, you, if you're ever around Deuce, Deuce has every flyer categorically organized in his camera roll. Yeah. That's what's up. It's very yeah. weird. It's yeah. almost like Rain Man. He knows he can tell you what what day it was, tell you, what show was good, what what the weather, was the weather good. that day, <laughs> you know. what Man, he was wearing. This is a good night, bro. This, this wasn't a good night, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he has all those flyers. Shout so, out to Deuce B. Uh, it was uh, it was Christ Mike at the time before it was yeah, FOF. It was Christ Mike before it was um, FOF. And uh, you and Deuce had did it. And uh, at the time we were doing uh, WTUW as a radio station, and you guys were on the Rock Hero show. And uh, we were still somewhat beefing because these guys actually gave me a lot of crap on my show. 
They gave you crap on your show? Yeah. yeah. Like I was, like they I came was, to your show Yeah, like gave a syndicated crap? show, right? Yeah. yeah, so they had their show that came on at 10 o'clock. My show came on at 8 o'clock, right? So I was the new guy, and they put me through the ringer because I didn't sound like them. Yeah. Okay. I was bullied. You were bullied by Doc Hero. I was Doc bullied Hero. by Doc Hero. It was it was it was it was mainly my my homie John. Now it's it, his homie it was. John. It was. <laughs> I did tag along, but it was John would always make sure he had shown every the radio time. Guy, February eighth. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good impression of yourself. I'm a radio right guy. There. Yeah, it was. All that, that's me doing an impression of John doing an impression of me. Uh-huh. It was very bad. That's hysterical. Yeah. Hi, John. So just to like, if you missed, if you missed it in the the comedy, eleven years ago, yeah, um, they started this whole. That was a cough, not a laugh, right? Christian hip hop, both. <laughs> okay. Yep, Christian hip hop. Christian hip hop, new lane in the city of Philadelphia, and what I can say, anybody that has eyes to see would say it's the only lane that has continued. In 11 years, really. I mean, there's been some different things, ancillary yeah. things that have popped up here and there, one-offs. But you guys have had that longevity here in the city of Philadelphia, creating platforms for Christian hip-hop, for Christian hip-hop artists for 11 years. Yeah. Um, in 2019, you guys threw a big show at Venice Island. A couple of the ripe guys were supposed to be on it. Some things went down. They were not on it. It's mm-hmm. part of our origin stories and ministry in some ways is a big part of kind of some changing within within our world at that time uh the following year though was the pandemic Mm -hmm. 2020 happens everything's dead 2021 philly was still a little bit behind most you know places down south or out west like they were they were coming back philly still wasn't 2022 rolls around you guys didn't throw an fof fest or mayhem or anything else and I think at the basically in the fall of 2022, I called Doc, and I was just like, "Dude, what are we doing? Like, are mm. you guys going to come back and do something? Like, because right, where yeah. what's happening for CHH in the city?" And it started started to clarify things for me. Like, if y'all don't do it, it's not going to happen, mm. right? It's kind of what I said. And what's interesting is now, Doc, you work here where we're actually recording this episode. Right. Shout out to the Story <clears throat> Factory which is in part a venue, right? They don't want to be called a venue, but it's kind of a venue. And uh, we throw our creatives events here over the last few months. If you've heard episodes about our galleries, they've happened here at the Story Factory. You're now on staff here. You work here. And all of the other events, you had to go find a venue, go find sound, go find engineers, go find everything to throw it. Now that you work in a space where a lot of that stuff already exists, how do we, you know, this feels like a win to try. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that was like in the fall of this past year. And then it was like, let's just figure out a date. And that's whatever happens, happens, but let's at least try. And my side, you know, Ripe Creatives was just like, whatever we need to do to help in terms of, you know, like fronting some resources to get some gear over there, fronting some resources for the sound engineer, helping out with the DJ. Like, we just want to do our part to try something again. Yeah. Is that how you guys kind of remember it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly how we remember it. The way I would visualize it is uh, <clears throat> kind of like you walking through a forest with a shovel and just like <laughs> digging this out of the grave. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that, that far. <laughs> That's just the imagery. I was like, man, Scott really, he, he dug, man. Yeah. yeah I just, it just felt like, because our whole philosophy, and Jared knows this, is like we partner. Everything we do, like we don't try to reinvent the wheel. 
um, ripe poetry, ripe creatives could throw poetry events. We don't because two lines exist, right? Two lines fill you every second Friday. Yeah. People within our ripe community are running that. So we're not going to go throw another ripe poetry show whenever right. somebody in our community is already doing something. Yeah. Um, Doc and Sean, like even not being in ripe in that sense, you guys are still adjacent to us. You're part of the family. Um, you guys have been invited to family nights and stuff like that. We've done events with you, like the Germantown Block Party, the Creatives mm-hmm. Concert. You've even been to my house in Newcastle, yeah. right, for years. Like, you're part of our family. So if you have the skill set to throw a Christian hip-hop show, why in the world would we try to throw our own version of that? Why don't we just come alongside of what you guys are doing and make it better? So that was kind of the heartbeat yeah. there. Which that was, like, very helpful. And also, too... Um I'm and I'm also glad that we built like that like relationship and we had like multiple chances to do like partnership with through different things cuz in the past like we we definitely have been burnt when it comes to like other partnerships like that just kind of went really south, you know what I mean? To the point it was like, "Hey man, it it, it just got to be us." So <laughs> <laughs> wisdom, wisdom from experience. Was from experience, but but over the time, like I said, the what we build with you guys is trust. You know what I mean, yeah, and that's what everything you need. I feel like when it comes to events and doing partnerships and everything like that, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes back to even our initial connection point was the first village, right? So, like, I had a it's kind of a crazy story. Shout out to Louis uh, Marrero. He used to have a space called the Dungeon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. That was a crazy story how that happened. Yeah, so I I go to a fundraiser for Artisan. Shout out to Jasmine Tate, Jasmine Janae, Jasmine Wheeler now. Um, But Jasmine's running an event called the Artisans or a group called the Artisans, kind of a precursor to Ripe in a lot of ways. And they had a fundraiser event for their group. And at that fundraiser, it was like a silent auction kind of thing where you bid on items. And my wife and I, Darlene, shout out to my wife, love you, uh, we went into that night knowing we were going to give X number of dollars to support artisans. Like we'd already prayed about it, talked about it. We're going to give this amount of money tonight. When we walk in, we're you know going to write the check just to give it. And on the silent auction table was the dungeon and the price that was listed to buy it, to purchase it through the silent auction was the exact same amount of money we were going to give anyway. Right, so it was listed there as like you can bid on this. Nobody had bid on it. Right. I don't know if anybody bid on anything when on you the say table. Buy it like to rent it for to a rent night? it for a day. Okay. Rent it for a gotcha. day. Okay, it was like it was like you know silent auctions. People offer their skills or services. Right, Jarrett at a silent auction could say, "I'll give you three hours of mixing if you you know you give money to this nonprofit." Right, I can mm-hmm. do the same thing with poetry workshops or okay. you know doing a show in your house or something. Right. Yeah. Joy Ike does this all the time. She used to do this like as a blessing to ministries that she loved and supported. I've always appreciated about her. So Lewis puts the dungeon one night on the list of things to bid on. So I just put my name down with the amount to bid, and we get we were the only people who bid on it, so we got it. But I didn't really need it. Mm-hmm. I was just doing it because it was the same amount of money we were going to give anyway. So now I have this chip in my pocket, and I was like, I'm going to go give this to Doc. Because we had already met and connected, you'd come out to the Philly Project, and I just approached you with that building, with that space for a night. Right. I said, "This is yours. You can do whatever you want with it." 
And then you took that and started a whole <laughs> movement called The Village. Yeah. All right. And so even when we were planning out FOF June 2nd, we there was some talk about do we resurrect The Village mm-hmm. because of our history with The Village, mm-hmm. even more so than FOF. And you guys kind of said, look, if we want to bring it back big, we need to do FOF because that's the big boy. Can you just give a little bit of context for The Village, though, itself, too? Because that's a, a part of this whole ecosystem of what you guys have been doing. I would say the the how the village came about was I feel like our heart has always been like for the artists too. So like giving you know artists that we believe in a platform, and also like other artists that like we might not even be aware about to give them a platform. So we usually book about like maybe like three to four artists just for that event, but then we have like some time slots where. We give opportunity for people to join us on the open mic, and that's when we're able to discover uh, the talents that's here in this tri-state area to the point where it was people, you know, literally traveling to get down here to get on some of these events. So I would say that's that's pretty much where that kind of like that idea of the village and that name and try to like create that culture like we are a village together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a thing of um, – kind of like giving people what we didn't have overall, like when we were trying to do events and things like that, like it was so hard to have good production or good sound and things like that on an event. So it's like, yo, let's create the space where it's not a GMO. We call a GMO a get me out of here. It's like if you go to an event venue and they have like bad sound or, you know, you're not welcome as an artist. Like you got that angry dude who's like, all right, come on, do your thing and get on out. It's like, no, we don't want to do that. We want to give you a space that's where... A GMO. That's, that's a GMO. That's a GMO. GMO. That's a GMO. I'm learning some stuff right now, yo. There you go. Yeah, get me out of here. I have plenty of those. <laughs> plenty of those. Watch, he's going to be referencing that at the next Creatives Open Mic. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't a GMO, guys. There you go. There you go. There you go. Probably. <laughs> no, that's... I, I hear that. Like, I was actually going to say that. It sounds like you guys were trying to meet the need of what wasn't meant for you. Exactly. Right. exactly. Like you're literally yeah. creating something because it's not existing before you created it. Yeah. Which is a space to raise up the next generation. Mm-hmm. And we do that with Creatives Philly, right? And that's cross genre singer songwriters <clears throat> and poets and hip hop artists. But you guys were doing specifically like Christian hip hop. And and you're right, people <clears throat> did travel in. I mean, you had guys come in from like Michigan, you had guys come in from Western PA. You had those yeah. guys come in from the South. Shout out to Aaron Cole, Ty Brazel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before yeah. they became before they, before Aaron they Cole up. and Ty Brazel, they were on the first village as basically like open micers in some way. I mean, they were given like a slot right. yeah. as Rapzilla freshmen, but they didn't know anybody in Philly. We didn't know who they were. Right. But you guys are so generous with the platform. They're like, we want to put people on. And so that was kind of a thought. Do we go the village route? first on june 2nd or do we resurrect the big bad boy called fofs mayhem kind of um, lens and the thought was because nothing had happened really for three years it was like we we got to go big from the from the jump from the jump and then hopefully the village can be a an add-on down the line you know something that also comes back and and keep building off of to build towards the big festival kind of once a year absolutely absolutely it's a genius plan, guys. Thank you. Thank you you think of it all. <laughs> um, let's get to, you know, we've been talking big picture, but let's get to the actual planning stages for this. Once the name was settled, we're going FOF. I know, shout out to Rosie, Rosaline Rodriguez. Uh, she is not a graphic designer, but has become a graphic designer for us in ways when we need it. 
And you had seen a flyer that she did for our mm-hmm. Penn State gig. Um, we have an episode about that if you want to check it out. Um, but Rosie did the flyer. Um, Aunt was, you know, talking to you about set lists and set times and stuff. Jarrett, from the very beginning, though, <laughs> just goes 100% all in FOF. <laughs> listen. My man. Listen. I just said we're going to have fun and we're going to make it look cool because I don't have the opportunity to do that with very many other events we do. Mm. That's Amen. what I, I I looked at our inventory of lights. I looked at the inventory of other people's lights that I could grab. And I was like, all right, we're just going to throw it all on the stage and I'll see what I can do. Yeah. And, yep. and that's very true. To the point where it's like, I was like, Jerry, I, I think. I <laughs> you think, and Sean. Oh, yeah, man. I, I think we had enough lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, brighter, flashier. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. That stage isn't big enough. <laughs> hey, Scott, let's go get our stage. <laughs> that also happened. Um, Jarrett, this is one of the things I've appreciated so much about Jarrett, is Jarrett is willing to do the work to make things the best right. they can possibly be. And I think that's how oh, I man. operate. And I think like for me to have him in my life has been like a kinsman thing. Like We always joke about that. That, you know, first time we met and I asked you to be my sound engineer forever. (laughs) But it is true. Like, because I saw the same work ethic, the willingness to do the hard stuff, the willingness, like things go wrong at events. All the time. And my experience with sound, sound engineers is typically it's not my fault. It's their fault on stage because it is. Jarrett might say that, but then he goes and fixes the problem. Right. Every time. And that to me is like, all I care is the effort. Like, do what you can with what you got. Right. And Jared is willing to do that to 100 million miles an hour. This podcast exists because of Jared. This podcast would not exist because I came up with an idea for a podcast to, you know, share with our supporters and have great episodes about events that we did. It only exists because somebody's willing to do the work and has the skill set to do the work. Um, So when Jared got brought in from the outset, it was like a game changer. Yeah. From the sense of what was possible, because you have the venue, you have sound, but now we have crazy level lighting and a really solid engineer. Now we can get really creative to make this thing a spectacle. You know, regardless of how many people come, what happens on stage is going to be crazy. Yeah. And that's what kind of the feeling even going into the event um, with with all the planning that went into it. Is that fair? Yeah, and not only that, like somebody that's skillful and that talented when it comes to engineering, somebody willing to actually do like the hard, ugly work, like actually bringing and lifting in the stage and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that people don't actually see that goes on behind the scenes. The act, the real heavy lifting. You know I mean, sweat so, equity. So I really appreciate all you guys. Um, what you did for that event when it comes to the real heavy duty lifting. Because that, that stuff is hard, man. Like, very yeah. hard. Yeah, we probably went a little bit overboard. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. 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 Just enough. Nah. Um, Not enough. We did we did bring in the extra staging to make it bigger and give, like, a catwalk feel to it. Which was amazing. And yeah. it looked really, it was, really, it was, really good. It's great. It was great. Um, well, one part, of awesome. it, part of it with it was, like, this was, like, an experimentation of everything. Because we, we've gotten to use some of this equipment before, but we haven't gotten to use it more than once or twice. 
And even then, it's like we we didn't have a plan of how to set it out every other time we want to use it. This gave me a chance to be like, all right, if we set it up like this, everything can come together in this layout on the stage and we know it's effective and it works. And so I know some of this now for like future reference of how to put things together, how to get the staging to really hold itself together and be solid. It's it. Yeah, it was experimentation and practice. Yep. And I mean, shout out to the Story Factory because you guys for years, whenever you've done these events, you've gotten a rental agreement with a venue Mm -hmm. that you don't have a real relationship with. You're just a tenant for the day. Mm -hmm. You get in there at X time and you got to be out by Y time. And you have to come in completely set up from scratch, do sound checks, run the event, enjoy the post-show event hangouts, then tear <laughs> everything down. What post-show? And then, <laughs> right, and then was, get everything out the same day. I think I was probably one of the only guys that probably enjoyed like, the post-show because yeah. they were taking care of business oh, while yeah. I was out there. That's while, what Sean said. When I'm out, yeah, I'm out selling merch. Honestly, they, it was, guys when we were work. setting up for this, this was trauma because Jarrett was bringing all this stuff in and my mind was trained like, oh, my God, how are we going to get this out in two hours? <laughs> it's just me and Jarrett. Jarrett, don't do this. Jarrett's like, no more. I'm like, brother, you don't know what's coming on the other side of this gun. <laughs> Nah, but that, I know, I know. <laughs> that's, yeah, we, so this makes it a game changer. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's the thing, right? We we brought stuff in on Wednesday yeah. for a Friday event. Yeah. Right. So you we had two days, three days of like finessing and finagling things. Yep. That Which it we complete, needed, actually. Yeah, we needed we all of it. We did. We needed all of it to be able to get what we got on Friday night. Without we needed Wednesday ourselves. and Thursday. Yep. <laughs> and I just think that that is like such a testament to the relationship with Ashley and Elijah, we love you guys. Thank you so much for Absolutely. you know Indeed, helping us with creative Clap it up one time. Clap, Clap it up one time. <laughs> but that's how you get the final product. Is there was the ability to make it great, not just in one day, but over the course of days. Yeah. And how do we dream this stuff up? And I mean, even when we brought the stage in, we didn't actually physically know which way we were going to set it up. We had to right. buy skirts for a bunch of different. Um, differentiations of how we were going to set it up. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't know because we had never done it. So once we got here and we started to set everything up, it was like, oh, this is the best case scenario. Let's do this. Same with the lights, right? Um, So yeah, it was just like... We talked about stage layouts a little bit, but we hadn't picked the actual shaping that we were going to do. For sure. Yeah, there was just no way to know if it would work until you try it. Until you try it. Um, But that whole, you know, the Story Factory dynamic... Um, just really, really amazing. Yeah. Sean, I think it was funny because you got brought in a little bit later. I didn't realize that until Aunt told me mm-hmm. like a month leading out to the show because you had been super busy with work and life and stuff. Yeah. So you were just not as involved on the front front end. But then that last month, you kind of took over and I was getting texts. Here's the run of show. Here's the notes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's amazing to watch Sean work because of the way that your brain works. So shout out to you for all that stuff, man. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I mean, like, my thing is always, like, the very small, minute details um, because I, I feel as though that's a pivotal part of, like, making everything work. How many artists did we have on this concert? Ten, right? All together? I, I think believe. it was ten. Yeah. Ten, ten artists. Yeah. Norm- normally, that would intimidate a lot of people um, as far as, like, how that structure goes because there's so much chaos that goes into that. Um, and then people go overtime and things like that. So just like having like the logistics of, Hey, your set's going to be this amount of time. Hey, we also don't have a host. There's going to be like stinger videos at play in between in order to make sure that flow consistently goes. 
Um, I think that was something that we figured out probably maybe like our fourth event maybe. And it's worked every single time. Um, yeah, I was blown away by the like, how do you do 10 acts with no host to facilitate? Yeah. And those bumper stinger videos, whatever you want to call those, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was like a, it was what you would see at a legitimate yeah. large scale festival. Yep. Right? You yep. don't have an MC host saying, give it up for Taylor yeah. Swift. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like there's a video that drops and the lights go down and then the lights come up and she's walking on a stage and the band's hitting. Da, da, right. da. Mm-hmm. And then she's off, right? And it was the same idea yep. on kind of a little micro Christian hip hop in Philadelphia right. scale, but mm-hmm. still the excellence was all the way to the roof. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. on every on everything. I, I just was blown away. And that's what I've said since the very first time I met you guys and saw what you did. I was like, Man, they throw the best shows in this space. Like they just do. The shows themselves are so well produced. The excellence is so high. Um, as somebody who was working for a ministry organization that was trying to put together little nights that would have artists in them to go to a legitimate show where every detail has been thought out and and picked and curated to be perfect, yeah. I was like, oh, dang, Like I want to work with these guys for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Like They're the best in the business. So shout out to you all on that end. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. The digital marketing even, so far. You guys, like your ability to, I mean, you're a videographer, you're a cinematographer, you're a movie maker, Sean. Um, But those, those pieces of content, like releasing those ahead of the show, you had people coming out of the woodworks from like 20 years ago being like, Doc's back, let's go. (laughs) You know? That was actually all Doc with the, uh, the video portion, man. He's, uh, he's quite the editor. (laughs) <laughs> Doc has become a video editor in his old age. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Please edit that out. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But let's let's just work through the run of show. We talked about there being ten sets. Like who is uh, the openers? Q Flow Prodi. Yep. Yeah. Q Flow Prodi. You guys did like a little tag team kind of vision. So they're very so very big. Kind of like their they're kind of like their gimmick yeah. is like. They have like a song or something like that. They call Called it tag, tag team. team. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like their thing. So we just kind of say, "Hey, we could we could make something happen." So Sean, or the original plan was mm-hmm. to have ladders and stuff on the stage and to fit them to start the show off on ladders. And I said, I don't think that's a great idea. That's a <laughs> idea. Nah, like the only rest because of the wrestling from, from a liability. Ladder. Sign, sign a waiver. Like- sign a waiver. <laughs> sign a waiver. If you sign this waiver, I'm not responsible. Now, if you want to do it, you can look great or you can be mediocre. I'm not a mediocre guy because we've all been to the mediocre show. So it's like, yo, if you're going to do something that's going to make an impression, you got you got 15 to 20 minutes in order to build an audience. That's not your Sean's audience. Sean's still tight right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I'm t- t- you know well, why I'm Sean, tight? You need, to, you need to get some waivers then. You need to work maybe... Work with a lawyer. Get something no, no, no. actually legally binding. Like, I don't, get I don't, get I don't need a lawyer. Here. I got an AI bot that'll write it up right away. <laughs> Chad GPT. Chad. Chad GPT. No, 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 Jasper. Jasper. You got Jasper? Chad. Okay. Yeah, you got Jasper. Jasper's on it. Jasper's Crack on it. it. Jasper. But funny story. So we did our debrief after the concert, right? And DJ Ant, shout out to DJ Ant. Was it DJ Ant that said it? To what? What are you saying? 
that we should have had him start on ladders. I think it was. And was it? And, yeah, I think I literally. Think was, I think it was. He was and, like, and was like, "Why didn't you guys have him on ladders?" I was like, "Y'all should have started him off on ladders." Like, thank you, like, Anthony. You God, they be kidding me. I'm cracking. It was an up. excellent idea. Six footers, right? Not the big ones. It don't got to be twelve foot it ladders. I don't want footers. you to fall. I just want you to stand up. So then that way it's like, yo, like it's starting off different. It's like, a WrestleMania. It's a concert. WrestleMania joint. Like I, I'll never forget. Uh, I think it was probably like Mayhem Summerfest. You and Drew had the American Church thing, right? Yeah. We got an American flag and we hoisted it up oh, in front of the stage. So cool. And we had like this like backlight that was like shining through. And you saw the shadows. So when they started the song, the flag dropped. It was like, yo, that's amazing. That was really fun. It was a moment. Was moments. Fun. You got to create moments in your concerts. Yeah. But you still created a moment with. I finessed. I tables. settled for a ladder. And, <laughs> no, I settled for a, a table and two chairs. And then Kenny wanted somebody to pit him through the table. Shout out to Kenny for also helping out idea. on that night. That would have been as sick. well. Yeah. Next, next shout out to Kenny. Next time. <laughs> we'll get a stuntman for the next show. Yeah. Bro. Have somebody go through the table. But shout out to Q and Prodi. They killed it. Came up Great on stage, did their thing. Great way to kick it off. Fire. And. I just, yeah, I mean, Q and Prati in CHH nationally are doing great, yeah. right? Like, they've just been killing it, uh, really in the Rapzilla ecosystem, uh, doing the Critique Friday stuff, releasing new songs, getting feedback, getting better. Um, the growth in Q in particular from as long as I've known him, because I've known him since he was a kid, basically. He's been amazing. It's unbelievable right. to see where FFG. he is today. Started right. in FFG. How about that? Right. It's crazy. I don't know what FFG stands for, but I remember that's what they were called. Right. It's a bunch of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Q-Flow. Prodi as well. Beast. He got that North Philly in the building. North. On lock. Um, like Christian Sunni. <laughs> who, is, who is after Q and Prodi? Was it, it, was was it KP? Uh, KP. Yep. KP. I got the schedule right here. Which is crazy. Like, KV, KP, like, she's from, like, back in the day. Formerly known as Lady JTO. Lady JTO. So when I saw her like popping up back on the scene, like she's she's back out there killing it again, I was like, oh wow! And then Scott was like, yo, we we need some you know some females to represent on this event. I was mm-hmm. like, that's a good idea. And I saw her pop up. I was like, oh, let's let's reach out to her. So I reached out and she joined the party. Kiana, Kiana Parks, Kiana Parks, KP. Make sure you check her out. Yep. Um, Dope lyricist. She had a cool aesthetic too. Her vi- visuals, like she had yeah, a, a she visuals has a lot for of every good, song. Like videos out there, yeah, like her like being like a reporter and stuff mm-hmm. up on the screen and mm-hmm. stuff. It was it was just cool. I was just like, I love whenever people take their craft seriously in whatever ways that they, you know, find avenues to to differentiate themselves and yeah. make themselves stand out. Yep. Um, shout out to KP. Who was after KP? After KP, we went to Aram. 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 Anthony Ramos. Uh, we uh. We have been doing a lot of stuff with Aram over the last couple of years. Yeah. Shout out to Aram. Aram has gone on a Philadelphia tour in the last four weeks. Yes, yeah. he has. He's yes, been he on has. everything, everything, and killing it. Yeah, Aram. he's he's a beast. He's he also hasn't done the same set. He's done like different songs each time, which is amazing to me. Like, yeah, he's got like, a lot of yeah, music. out. It's not a rhythm of just like, all right, I'm just going to do this ten minutes and just recycle it. He's he's reinvented every time. Yeah, he's also a family man. He got like seventeen thousand children. Yeah, we uh, one of me and Jared's favorite jokes was we said the only <laughs> shall not say this joke, Father Aram. No, we said uh, was, oh, that's a good it? one too. I said the only guarantees in his life are death taxes and Aram's wife being pregnant. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> she is always with child. Hallelujah, praise oh, God for you, Lord. 
Big family. Thank God he found that funny when Ant sent it to him. I thought he was either going to laugh or be upset. I was like, all right. It was a risk. It was a risk. Let's see where this goes. (laughs) (laughs) It was a risk, but he thought it was funny. Uh, But A-Ram was on the Germantown show. Um, Luke Billman's son actually like was a huge fan of A-Ram in particular, Mm -hmm. that event. Um, We did the uh, God in the City conference the last couple years. We haven't done episodes about that. Um, just because Aram's a family man, so it's hard to get him actually on the podcast. But he's um, he's like the one of the main organizers for it, at least for the evening event yep. of God in the City. Yeah, Aram's Aram's doing amazing stuff here in the city for mm-hmm. youth and churches, and um, with Esperanza, the school, yeah. and everything else. But then also as an artist, and uh, and shout out to him, he just did an amazing thing. Uh, the Operation Ten City at the convention center yeah. Yeah. had every right to take that set for himself. And go perform it, and decided he was going to take it and give it away to friends with him to do something better than he could have done on his own um, by doing the the, the John three sixteen thing Major at the convention today, center. Man. Major kudos. That's like our yeah. heart right. in this room is always kind of giving stuff away and uplifting the next generation and giving other people opportunities. When I'm on, you're on. To see other people carry that same heart, I'm ride or die team Aram for life. Yeah, right? absolutely. So shout out to Aram. He killed his set too. Um, what was after Aram? All right, after Aram, we had Unwanted. Oh my gosh! Oh, I want to give this guy a whole bunch of kudos, man. And it, it totally took me off guard because, like, maybe in like the week and a half leading up to the concert, was just like reaching out to everybody. I reached out to this guy one time, and it was very, it was a very awkward start. Of, Hi, is this uh, Unwanted? And he was like, uh, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know your actual real name in order to <laughs> say anything different. And he told me his real name. I won't reveal it here. You know, like that whole Clark Kent thing. <laughs> but um, in that like week and a half leading up to FOFS, he called me and talked to me about everything but the concert. And I was like, really, really kind of like taken back a little bit. I was like, wow, like I'm actually getting the opportunity to kind of like pour in. And, you know, get get ministered to in some ways as well, just to kind of like not be so focused on the work, but actually building a community inside of this. I love this kid so much. So much. I love he's, him. He's, he's 17 years old. Years. Yeah. Beyond. One of my favorite people right now. He's Definitely 17 behind. years old, guys. Wow. Think about that. Who was I doing at seventeen? More... <laughs> oh my gosh! Not and he's like that, one of those this. like seventeen year olds I can actually sit and have conversations with. Yeah, like, yeah, legit conversations. Legit conversations. <laughs> Not like you. All right, all right, all right, man. I gotta let you go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like legit. Like, it's really real cool conversations. It's really amazing. Cool to witness. It's Super amazing. Dope. And he happens to be phenomenal. He has very, very, very talent. Like he is like your rapper's rapper. Like yep. he's he's that kid. Yep. Absolutely. He's a beast. He's gonna we, be around um, for a very long time. We've known him for a little while. Uh shout out to Jamil. He was the person who introduced me to him originally. Um, for creatives. Uh he said, Yo, I got this sixteen year old kid, fifteen year old kid. He's a beast. He's starting, he's getting things together, he's got real talent. He's very raw, but he's got real talent. Uh can he do a slot of creatives? And I was like, Yeah, he'll be the opener. And he came in, he killed it. But from then to now, it's not even in the same ballpark how much better he's gotten mm. from that first time I saw him to now. It's like night and day. And he was good, but then 
He's great now. He, he's yeah. he's really good. Now, I don't say that about too many artists. He's really good. Yeah, he's, he stole he stole the show in a moment. Yeah. Like it was his show. Yeah, when he was up there, um, you guys had a funny moment watching him because Clay was in the building. Yeah, Clay was in the building. Clay was there. Clay pulled up a, a very big surprise, which is actually funny because leading up to the concert, we were like throwing out like out there ideas, like, "Yo, we got to get Clay back and like you know have him like come do a set." He actually showed up to the concert on his own. It was like. Wow, and then I had never seen Unwanted perform ever until he was literally on stage. And when he's there, I'm like, "Man, he seems a lot like Clay." And then literally, I look down and I see Clay, and Clay is looking like, "Man, he looks a lot like me." (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm looking at uh, Tiff, Ant's wife, go over to Clay as he's looking like he looks a lot like you. It was hilarious. It, it was. was. I even went up to Clay. I was like, yo, this kid reminds me so much it's of like the you second right coming. Now. Like, this is crazy. crazy. This is wild right now. Almost like a doppelganger. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's even like outside of the music, their hearts are very much alike. Mm. That's the thing that almost kind of like gives me goosebumps. It's like, Holy Spirit's like using that kid like in a way, man. Yeah. So cool. So cool. One thing before we get through the rest of the set. Is I remember by that point, you, Jarrett, and Elijah were like clicking, clicking, clicking on all cylinders on the lights. Oh, locked in. Yes. You guys were fully locked in. By the time Unwanted came up, like the look of the show started to get like, what in the world did we just walk into? Yeah. Like, how is this $10? You know, <laughs> like all these people are here watching. I mean, like a legitimate professional light show, basically, with like four different sets of lights. Two, right? yeah. two, two, two. <laughs> but I'm saying, but I'm saying, your lights, <laughs> my lights, okay. high points, lights, rafts, lights, and yeah. two lights. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, two systems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of them. It's being run by two different systems, not one system like it should be technically. Right. But it is two separate systems doing their own thing. Yes, two separate systems, but in the sense of. Nobody went and said, here's $30,000 to buy lights. Let's put a light package together for you guys to go do shows like this. Mm-hmm. It was some of Raph's warmers, some of your warmers, a lot of your other lights, all of Ripe Creative's lights, some of High Point's lights, and the Story Great Factory's lights, in-house lights, system lights. The next door people like, yeah. everybody yep. likes. We Listen. took all the light bulbs from Ikea and brung them too. <laughs> <laughs> I took them out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, I'm just saying, like, for you guys to take stuff that was never necessarily meant to be designed together and make something that looked that good, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely it incredible. Was mind-blowing. How was it for you up in the booth, like, working with Sean and Elijah? The hard part was just communication because it was hard to hear, but those headsets that you had were lifesavers. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Although there were times where I'm just, like, pulling the mic down and I'm, like, swallowing the mic so that you actually hear me. And then you just yell over, and I'm like, I can't hear you. <laughs> My bad. I didn't turn the, uh, there's a control on here that fixes that. <laughs> I didn't know you were struggling. <laughs> My, 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 my bad. 
I am cracking up. We'll fix that for the next time. The up. There's a there's a button on there that just fixes that. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't. So you to turn on I thought he was cancellation. good. I was fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, you like weren't pulling your mic down to talk. You were just like, yeah, let's go blue. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I was I was driving. You got to keep both hands on the wheel. I'm cracking up, bro. I'm I was running lights and this driving. is true. You can't this drive is true. And talk at the same time. This is true. <laughs> Jared was running sound and. We were like, uh, you ever see a MIB when the aliens are like at the desk? That was us. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it was funny because one of the things you guys all said after the show, once we, we'll get back to the the runner show, was just the uh, you had wished that you had recorded the booth. Oh yeah, that was because magic. of how like much magic was made between the three of y'all. Seeing stuff and being like, oh yeah, blue, 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 red, 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 white, 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 yep. like to make it like work together yeah. um, that that would have been such a fun thing to like look back on and watch and share with the world. Um, like you sometimes will see worship teams on reels or mm-hmm. TikTok sharing their like MD communicating with the band and how they're coming out of a song and do a new thing. Yeah. Like it was kind of like that level like of that. coordination. So like um, shout out to y'all as well. Shout out to unwanted. He killed his set his energy on stage. His rapping ability is disgusting. Um, <laughs> We we love this young man. We can't wait to see uh, what the Lord does with him. And I, I think it's yeah. awesome that like there's relational connectivity with him with y'all now. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I've always wanted for him is like he needs a couple big brothers. Because I just think he's at a vulnerable place in life. Being 17, he's going to make choices over the next couple of years of his life that's going to send him in one direction or another. And I think it's really going to come down to who are his big brothers. If he has negative influences, I think mm. his life could go a totally different direction. If he has positive influences, I think on once it could be a household name within Christian hip hop in this country yeah. in a couple of years. Genuinely believe that he's that talented. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No doubt about it. He's tough. Who was after who's after Unwanted? So after Unwanted, uh we went to Demir. Demir <laughs> Amazing oh, set. Tamir killed it. Tamir Amazing brought Mary Mikey in it. on drums. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Tamir uh, always kills it, man. So funny story. Uh Demir's set came together the night before. Visually the night before <laughs> uh the performance. Uh we had been kind of like going back and forth with like text messages and stuff like that. And uh he gave me the songs and we came up with the visuals that like were like on screen and like the lighting cues and everything like that. Came together like amazing. One of my favorite sets of the night. Yeah, Demir always kills it. Yeah, I, I especially love that one uh, particular thing you did on his set. I got a text. I got well, Kenny came up to me and was like, "Hey, take Demir out in the hallway and do like a video." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so I go out there and do the video. I send it to Sean. When it's time for Demir to come up, it looks like he's live. Yeah. So people was like, "Oh my gosh, where's the camera? Where's the camera?" <laughs> The illusion of production. I was like, that was genius. Yeah. That was well played. I love that you trust me enough to do it and not ask questions. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, sure I'm glad you understand him enough to know what he meant on the first try. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't at the time. I didn't understand it. I'm just like, okay, okay, I'll do it. Text message. I'm a, I'm a Take the mirror in the hallway and get a video of him testing a microphone. Sends it to me. Perfect. Play. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Action. This man is a creative genius. Shout out to Mr. Perez. 
The president himself. Who's after – Demir killed the set. Mikey, by the way. That was the first time Mikey has played with any of our guys. Oh. Um, Mikey, the drummer. And he goes to Christ Community Church, uh, plays there for worship. 18 years old as well. Wow. wow. A beast. Very humble. The kid. Very humble, very yeah. sincere, very talented. And he – this is a He's wild a story about Mikey. On. So Demir sends him a set, right? He goes and learns all the songs. Mikey gets on Demir's Spotify, looks at his projects, and sees Preface as his most recent release at that point. So he's like, oh, he's probably going to do Preface because this is his newest song. So he goes and learns Preface. Two days later, Demir texts Mikey, hey, I think I want to do Preface. Mikey says, yeah, I already learned it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Talk about preparation. Wow. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. Talk about taking the opportunity seriously yeah. right. and wanting to be like a fully a professional. I was like, oh, this man trying to get a check. <laughs> like Mikey, Mikey wants to do this full time. Yeah. Like, he wants to be a drummer drummer. That's and that's the it, ones right? you keep. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that now. That's mm-hmm. the ones you Pro keep tips. if you hear this, Demir. That's Pro the ones tips. you keep. Shout out to Mikey. Yeah, uh, Demir man. as well. You killed your set, man. You always do. Um, that that kind of felt like the middle of the night, like we were heading towards the the yeah. final chapter of the night. Mm-hmm. After Demir was who? So after Demir, uh, we had Rick and Abel. Abel on a co joint yeah, twenty minute set. Twenty minute yep. set. So all the artists did like ten minute sets. That's how you have ten artists in one night. Otherwise, we would have been there for twelve hours. Correct. Um, Correct. So everybody did ten minutes, but Abel and Rick mm. decided to joint. Where you guys actually decided for them that you wanted them to do it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Qflo and Prati had a joint set. Mm-hmm. You wanted to have another tag team set. Yep. And Abel and Rick obviously made a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, Rick and Abel, they they just mesh well together. They do they, their thing. They do. Yeah. I feel like I've seen them perform together more than I've seen them perform separate. That's probably true. For you, yeah. That's for prob- me. That's for me. probably true. A lot of yeah. the like book gigs out where one of them is booked and one isn't, obviously I'm there. But definitely in Philly, you've probably seen them do more together than, than separate. I love that they do collaborative sets, but they're still individual artists. Right. That's right. really important. They're not social club misfits. Right. Correct. You know, they're not a duo. <clears throat> yeah. They they really are their own individual artists. But they've written some songs together, like Ripe Takeover and... They don't know, like, uh, all day. They have three. They usually have those three that they can do in a co-joint kind of set space. Um, and all of them do well. And it helps that, like, a lot of people in the room know their songs. Right. So there was, like, a value. When they came out on stage, you kind of heard mm-hmm. them roar a little bit because mm-hmm. people knew their music because their music has kind of gotten out there a little bit more in the city because they've been more active yeah. than some of the other people in terms of performing locally. Um, shout out to Abel and Rick for, for killing their set. Yeah, they actually uh, produced one of my favorite moments of the night. Um, so yes, you did this. You you sent them out to uh, go around the community and pass out flyers when the concert started or right before the concert. Uh, before, started? like during during sound checks, um, when people don't are waiting around for theirs or they've already done theirs, I always do that. Like I'll send our team out in the community. If it's if somebody's sitting around, they don't have anything to do, but they're like in and they're excited to help. That's, I, I say go tell people about the show. Like just go out and meet the neighbors because I think a lot of times God can do stuff with that. Right. Um, I even have a wild story with me and Demir last April, like a long time ago, in Downingtown we did a show. And we got done with Soundcheck and they were like, yeah, you guys have a couple hours to chill. And I was like, Demir, let's hit the park. And we just went down to the park and hung out with like 100 skater kids 
And a lot of those kids ended up coming to the show because we just went down and like shared in their culture. Right. I just used my phone to create videos, like to shoot videos of them skating. And then I would airdrop it to them. And they're just like, who are these guys? Like, we got to show up the street. Well, they came because we built a little bit of a rapport with them. Yeah. We could have went down and just stapled up flyers. But if you go down and spend time with people, a lot of times that can happen. So I always, if we, there's an opportunity to do that, I try to send people out to do that. And Rick was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go right now. Unwanted one too, actually. Yeah. If he would too. That was really powerful. Um, when they and I've always there. seen like Rick do that like throughout the years. He does a great job of just like connecting with people, just yep. out and about. I think that's amazing. Cause I always feel like everybody can't do that, mm-hmm. but I feel like he just has a real gift at like just yeah. connecting with everyday people. That's going out and making disciples. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. But when they were out, he sent a text message was like, "Yo, it's these group of kids. They want to come to the show, but they don't have the money for the ticket." I was like, like bring them. Bring them. It's a couch in the front row. We brought like couches out and sat them on the front row. No one was sitting in the couches. <laughs> I don't know why, but bring them and sit them on the front couch. Like, of course. Yep. I mean, it's one thing, like, of course, we want you to purchase tickets and things like that. But at the same time, if the mission is to go out and make disciples, how are they going to come unless we give them an opportunity to come? Amen. Not going to put a paywall on the gospel. No. Amen. Yeah. It's not yeah, a good rich and I think the reality is, guys, like those kids will never come. Not to say they will never, because God can do whatever He wants. But they are less likely to get up on Sunday morning and come to your church. Yeah, but on For a sure. Friday night in the same space, there's a hip hop concert that speaks their language and testifies to the goodness of God. Yeah, the Holy Spirit can use that, and it'd be awesome if they came to church. But there's a lot of people not coming to church in our city, but they go to concerts. And if we can give something that's excellent and pure yeah. and powerful, right? Like, and is well done and speaks the language of the people that we're trying to reach. You have a good shot reach You can them. actually reach this next generation, you know? So, yeah, shout out to Rick for, for going out there and Super dope, man. Kudos hitting, man. hitting the block, so to speak. So that's going to be a new common practice for these uh these events going forward yeah we have to do it yeah you know and especially like if we do it in relationship here story factory change church like the weeks leading up Mm -hmm. like let's as a church right get out and hit the hit the block pass out flyers connect with people invite people to the thing that's coming um use the flyer as a ticket right if you bring the flyer you get in free kind of thing um i think that those types of things are are really helpful now if you're hearing this and you buy tickets to come to fofs you still need to buy your tickets to come to fofs (laughs) because we do have to pay for all this stuff somehow but (laughs) yeah shout out to y'all um (laughs) abel and rick after them was synovia no drew smith oh i'm sorry the The dreamer the dreamer there you go there you go the dreamer the dreamer Drew, Drew, Drew. We love you, Drew. <laughs> Should we explain why we keep saying the dreamer? Probably. Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. That's so, an inside joke for the audience. <sighs> Welcome to the inside, guys. So uh, our brother, Drew Smith, he is our brother. He's he's my annoying big brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's the thing. So he's been around for a very, very long time, and he's had many names He's gone by A. Smith. A. Smith. That's how I met him. He's gone by Drew Smith. Smith. Uh, In my phone, I still have him as Andrew Smith um, because I have too many Drew Smiths that I know. But in this specific run, he's identified 
please identify me as the dreamer. It's like, okay, cool, no problem. Now it's the dreamer. Now it's the dreamer. Yeah, and then the flyer said dreamer, and that's why I got upset. Because he didn't say, say I heard the he got dreamer. A salty. But his, <laughs> oh, he's super upset. The reason being is because he, he DM me. He he wants you to be able to type in the dreamer and have his music come up. If Absolutely. you just type in dreamer, dreamer. his music's Absolutely. not going to come up. And it's so. spelled D R E A M R. No E-R at the end. Yes. Spell it one more time, Scott. D-R-E-A-M-R. You forgot the the. T-H-E. T-H-E. Space. Space. D-R-E-A-M-R. And aren't you supposed to capitalize the last R or something? Yeah, you have to capitalize it. Otherwise, the songs don't come up. No, I'm teasing. I was about to say, I was about to try it. This is why, guys, it's, it's very important to make sure you establish your brand. Yeah. Google your name and make sure you buy all the domains. Up front. Shout out Sean Prez. Shout out to Sean Prez. <laughs> shout, 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 shout out to the real Sean Prez. <laughs> there are many, but I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the dreamer. <laughs> yes. Love you, Drew. Uh, Drew kills it every time. Yeah. He, is, he is so... He's such a performer. And his songs are good. And he always does something unique and different that like just makes him... Like he's, he's not just a rapper. Like he's an artist, yeah. song creator, mm-hmm. and he's a moment creator with his sets. And he has a different tempo, so I think he, he does. does well with the kind of like laid back tempo, and still has a connection with the crowd. Yeah. Yes, there's a difference between artistry and being a rapper. Yes, it is. A, it's a big difference. You want to explain it? So I would say. There's there's a million of rappers that I know in the city that I they were rap way better than me. But I feel like when you're an artist, right, you can take those abilities of writing songs, of rapping, of singing, just taking so many elements and bringing them as one and then also thinking out like, okay, how will this song like portray live? Like how would people be able to view this? How would they be able to connect with this? What would this look like on screen? What would this look like on video? What would this look like if I had somebody running lights? And how would this sound through the sound system? So, like, as an artist, you think about so many other different elements versus just, like, you know, you're probably, like, just really good rapper, which they're just they're really good at just rapping. So nine times out of ten, they need some a whole entire team to, like, pull other elements and pit other things together. So I would say that would be like the big difference yep. of a rapper and an artist. Artists going to try, we're going to try different things. We're just going to try it. Like I might sit here and come up with a song. You know, I want to do a song where I just want the song to be 30 seconds and see what happens. Shout out Rick Harmony. <laughs> Yo, I'm cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> he has a 30 said, second song really a minute 10 I think oh it's not bad well, it's a he TikTok doesn't have track. many over like 230 I mean it's, it's like a little, it's, it's it's a like little better different. than Maverick City whose songs yeah. average about 12 minutes a piece maybe 16 it's like different things right like yeah. even one of my songs the that I'm gonna give a release I record instead of going to the studio I felt like it had like a really just like I wanted to be like more raw it's like I'm just gonna record this on my phone I need my, my sheets I'm going to send it to the producer. I want, I was like, yo, however you feel, I want you to create around it type of thing. And that's what he did. Yep. And the song just came out. 
how I actually wanted it to come out. I was like, okay, this yep. is what I wanted to feel. Shout so, out to the dreamer, man. The dreamer. He's an artist. He's an artist. He really artist. is. And he's yep. an artist. And he also like, I've never really seen him do the same set no. at these types of things. It's always something totally unique. Yeah. And I always appreciated about that. Like he might have a set that he's like, oh, I know I can kill this set. But he's, but he's always try. trying to find some way to do something different or do a new song or do a song he hasn't done in a while in a different way. Yeah. Like always trying to pull out different elements. Key thing um, is the uh, storytelling element in your set as well. Like a lot of times you have this notion of I have to fill all the dead space with talking or things like that. Like if you have production elements, let your production elements tell your story. Like you don't have to talk through every single transition through a song. Like if you got a dope ending in your song, let it sizzle, let it breathe, you know, let, let, let lights go off and let things like that happen. So then that way it's like digestible. It's like, yo, this is an experience versus just me just listening to what you're saying. Mm. It's good. You better keep talking to the mirror, my friend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, final two sets. Final I believe Synovia. Yep. Synovia. Synovia is a freaking superstar. She yes. is. Oh, yeah, she is. She's a superhero. Her last few weeks after June 2nd yes. have been unbelievable. Oh, yeah. We had an opportunity to go see her at the Ardmore Music Hall, which is a massively she did. influential Wonderful. venue. Amazing. And she killed it. Um, I got to see her perform at a Juneteenth event in Germantown. Um, on the block on Germantown Avenue, killed it. And she has gone, gone from being Synovia, the poet, rapper, freestyler, singer, songwriter on guitar in the coffee shop, to a full-on, full-band, mm -hmm. five-six-piece team, percussion, yep. drums, keys, bass, electric, mm -hmm. doing her thing, dancing on stage, singing, getting people moving. It's incredible to watch the like. The butterfly effect of Synovia. <laughs> Synovia has arrived. She has arrived. Absolutely, yep. man. Like, like she did a really amazing job with uh, FOFS. And he, like I said, that show that she did, that was crazy. Like, just to see her in her element. I think they did a live recording with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if if the recording was good. I mean, that's the always the challenge yeah, with live recording. As Mr. Top Mop would know, uh, <laughs> it matters more what you recorded than how it sounded in the room to get a live recording. But, Thanks. but yeah, hopefully it comes out as an album because she killed it. She absolutely killed it. I mean, it's just amazing to see the like the development and growth in her as an artist. Yeah, it, it, it makes me look in the mirror introspectively, like Scott, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> You're still doing the same thing you took ten years ago as a poet. But going back to what we were talking about, like you know, like what's the difference between like rappers and and artists? I would say there's a difference between like singers and artists, and that's what she yep. is. She's an artist because I feel like you never know what you're gonna get from Sonovia. Like she's right. that creative. Yep. yep. Like she, she had a different swag at FOF Fest than she had at Artmore Music Hall. Right. Intentionally. Intentionally. Like she's like, hey, what's the audience like? Oh, it's a hip-hop concert. She knows her audience. My swag's going to come with like hip-hop. Like She does flex probably three to four different ways. Mm -hmm. She's not going to do flex here the same way she's going to do it for yep. know, like an, an outdoor festival somewhere else. No, that's fair. She that's absolutely fair. Know your audience. Artistry. Artist. Artistry. Know your audience. Listen, little nuggets are here for the taking if you need them.
the fact that her set was so amazing is more evidence of her because at that one, we kind of all took a break on the lighting and projection side and just let her run with it. We're like, throw it up yellow and leave it at that, which I'm kind of upset I didn't get to sit through the set because I start getting uh, uh, Drew and, and, and Kenny on the headset they're like yo mike can't hear anything in the ears so i had to spend almost all of her set running around getting it fixed Mm. because if if he had only been playing for her set i might have just been like it is what it is but then i was like oh he's playing for the next one too so i probably should get that fixed because he's going to be up there a while yeah Yeah. it was intentional for sonovi to go there also because i knew she's an artist that can carry that Mm -hmm. right there and we had doc and ray to come up next so it was like all right get a chance to regroup. Synovia, like she doesn't need a lot mm-hmm. in order to Thrive. produce an amazing set. She's, she's taking care of all that. She right. does all the groundwork. Mm-hmm. So yep. I think it would have been robbery to start off that way. You know, jerking the curtain, not saying, you know, jerking the curtains are bad things because like, it, I'm, I'm a firm believer the way you start and the way you end are pillars in your shows. Oh. Yep. So, well, it was also important, I think to not do her at the beginning because she was, pretty much the only not hip-hop artist up there. And if right. we had done her at the beginning, mm-hmm. it would have felt like, all right, let's just get this out of the way and get Correct. to hip-hop. Yep. 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 Absolutely. No, it was perfectly designed, guys. Shout out to Synovia. Synovia is one of the only people that can come to creatives and drop her name in all four buckets and it not be a lie. She's that talented. She right, can, that is fa- that's facts. Wow. She's that talented. She's she's that she talented. can. She can come and she can be a <laughs> yeah. poet. She can come, she can be a rapper, she can come be a singer, she can come and literally do dance. Yep. She can do yeah. all four. Absolutely. Like the alternative bucket, which is like dance and comedy and yep. whatever else. Like she can she can put her name in all four buckets. She does. She does. So she always gets picked. One for you. One for you. Um shout out to Synovia. We love you so much. The final set, final set. We gotta talk about the man in the room. We uh we have I an entire episode dedicated roll. to this human being back in season one from his creatives concert at High Point that we did. Uh, but Doc Hero, ladies and gentlemen, closed out FOF Fest. We could do a whole episode just about his set. Yes, that is a fact. Uh, it began <laughs> with the lights down and a spotlight up off stage with a thing called a piano. Pretending. I wasn't pretending. (laughs) (laughs) I have I have it on video. You can actually hear me playing the piano. Thanks to Jamil. I do. I do. I'm gonna release it. (laughs) You release you playing the piano? Yeah, so that attitude. We're gonna go from the top to the bottom here. We we gotta go from we gotta we gotta explain to people what we're laughing about. All right. Go ahead, Sean, Mr. Visionary. You wanna start you start and then I'll tell the truth. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. <laughs> Speak your truth, Doc. No, we we were talk well, we were talking from the beginning, right? So Doc said, the- I'm gonna start my set with Promise Land. And so I was yeah. like, okay. So then he said, Well, I wanna I wanna play like the piano. I was like, all right, well we got a we got a piano here. We'll pull the piano. Well, no, out. A, a Lodge gave me the idea of he said you should do something with that piano. There you go. Okay. With Promise Land. Right. I said, okay, cool. That's a great idea. We're going to do it. So the way Promised Land starts, it starts with the Bing. boom, boom, Bing. boom. Right. So, so okay. And I went to sticks and I asked him, I said, which key do I need to play? And I played <laughs> that key. Now, what happened Shout in, to the in true form, 
Sticks produced an amazing intro, right? But this intro did not have a boom, boom, boom. It had like chord progressions and all this other kind of stuff. And Doc walks up. I'm crying. Wiggling his shoulders like he's Ray Charles and Richard Smallwood playing as a we know darn well. He don't know A from C to E flat or sharp. I'm like, nobody's buying this. <laughs> but he sold it as best as he could. If, if there's ever a movie of Doc playing an orchestra and, and Bugs Bunny whipping out the tuxedo tails... It's Doc Hero. It's Doc Hero. He was up there bouncing his shoulder. He really was. He was putting his shoulder in. Like, he put his shoulders into it. And this went on for like a minute. Oh, yeah. He sold it. He sold it for he a minute. He's, <laughs> a minute. He's getting gigs at your upcoming church. He'll be your organist. He's playing weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs, and bar oh. mitzvahs. Oh, oh my no. goodness. Doc Hero, the keyboard oh. player. Yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. There's something oh, we didn't see. That happened. Oh, yeah. It's something y'all didn't see that I <laughs> had to go through. So I had a candle on top of the piano. So I was like, look, when I blow out the candle, y'all blow out, black y'all, out. Y'all black out the lights or whatever. So I blew the candle a little bit too hard. <laughs> and all this wax just like, I mean, just shot right in my face. <laughs> so just- <laughs> At this moment, Jamil's walking up. He's like, yo, do you want me to catch the next song for you? I'm like, I'm just like, I'm so irritated. I'm like, my face is on fire. I'm trying to find my way to the other side of the stage because the next song is about to happen. I'm like, wow, I'll probably never do that again. <laughs> oh my! I didn't know that that happened until right now. Oh that yeah, so funny. Oh, have, remember still, that, Sean? There's still a bunch of wax on top of the piano. On right top now. of the piano. Yeah, I have to get it's some like videos at a church after Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that, there you that, go. That, that hurt. That was a that was a stunt. Was you a also spot. stood up on something <laughs> to make it look like you were standing on top of the piano. Yeah, as well. It yeah, was like that, a, that piano doesn't have a strong leg, so no. It'll no. turn into America's funniest home videos if he actually stood on the Got piano. one of those like Oof. um like kinda like one of those like construction like platform things. Yeah. That's yeah, all it's cool. like a work, workbench. It worked. Workbench. I'm just saying from an aesthetic yeah. standpoint, it was like everybody else take notes. You know what I mean? Everyone everyone was looking over there most of the show, like, what is that under that black curtain? What? It, it looked out of place and you could see it. It was not hidden. And everyone's just looking over. What the frick is that thing? It was the piano. That's a good thing for production. It was. It, is. it was. You gotta everyone have, you gotta it have just... layers in your show. <laughs> like if if you're doing if you're doing lighting, if you're doing sound, if you go to a concert, think about the last concert you went to besides FOFS. You didn't see all of the bells and whistles on the first two to three acts. Right. And in most cases, when you get to the main event. You ever notice the subs sound like really, really loud, like they shake your bones? Production elements. Don't show your hand. Yeah, it's good, Sean. It's good. That was a that was a really good moment. Even uh, I wanted he uh, he gave me some really encur- like really encouragement afterwards, man. Because <laughs> it made me laugh. He was like, "Bro, like you really like did your thing." He was like, "I was like really amazed." He was like, "This was like." In a video game world, this is the last level. <laughs> <laughs> the final boss. 
<laughs> the final boss. But I really appreciated that because I was like, wow, like, here's his kid. You know what I mean? Like, like realizing, like, wow, he put a lot of work, a lot of effort. Into making this great. Into making this great. And this is where I'm, this is what I'm, like, striving towards. And I want to do what he did. Right. right. That's what he's saying. Is like, how do I get there? <clears throat> Because he has a lot of that skill set stuff to be able to get there, but he's not, he just hasn't been exposed, he hasn't been exposed to, to what's figure. possible in a set from a production standpoint the way that he was that night, which exactly. I think is great. Yeah. I think it's all a part of the story. But, Doc, your whole set went extremely well. Uh, Doc Hero does Doc Hero things on Doc Hero stages, and you killed it, man. For real, for real. Hey, man. Any thanks to production team, man. Any other songs you felt like, like, was like, that's, that was a song I feel like went really well. How do you that, say that? That uh, that went really well. Um, Hero Island. That was just that was crazy. Um, even like the some of the lighting stuff they did on um, Hang Out with Me. They made that song feel really well, which I was I was glad about because that's one of the singles I want to release. Um, and of course, Night Air, like <laughs> Night. <laughs> Nike Air is always going to be like a crazy one to me because I always feel like Sean has some type of like his own moment that he <laughs> always creates at the end of Nike Air. Like when you're talking about, about with the, the cones, <laughs> he does something at the end all the time. And this time, next, I'm looking at the like the side of the stage, and I'm you like, see Sean. Tissue is like I'm being wrapped up in tissue. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot so I'm about like, that. Where the heck is this? Ti- where the heck is this tissue coming from? I'm being wrapped up in tissue. Where's this tissue coming from? I look. It's Sean <laughs> firing. I off. don't know what he has in his hand. <laughs> that contraption was impressive, though. Like the way he that thing was held together by duct tape, but it wasn't going nowhere. But but here goes he, the setup. He, oh, hold on, for people to understand. He was shooting toilet paper rolls with a leaf in, blower. With a leaf blower into the into the stands, so to speak. Yeah. Into the audience. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's it, 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 what always amazes me is like this. The, what you realize in the beginning what was the setup. Earlier that day, Sean's like, "Hey, you, you mind grabbing some tissues?" And I'm like, "Well, we got tissues at the at the building." He's like. Do you does uh do they still have like that leaf blower there? I was like, yeah, Hex Brian. Like I'm, just, I'm Hex <laughs> Brian. So then when I'm actually being wrapped up in toilet paper, I'm like, <laughs> oh, he was trying, he was trying to give you clues all day, he was trying to give you clues all day. This is why he asked about the toilet paper and the you know leaf the blower part. Literally, I set up like the remote controller on the iPad, so I'm controlling the graphics from my iPad during that year, <laughs> so I can be in my spot. Like, up, oh, time to go to work. This <laughs> <laughs> amazing. This is amazing. Shout out to both of you guys. We can't um, skip over Deuce as well. Oh yeah, shout out to Deuce. <clears throat> Deuce did an amazing set. Yo, what, what what was the uh hard times? Mama cry. Mama cry. That was what he started off with. Yeah. Mama cry like that. Oh man, that like I feel like that beginning just felt like so. I don't know. What do you call it? I don't want to call it eerie. What we call the toasters, which is just like a backlight shooting out. 
Yes. So you can only see the silhouette of Deuce. Yes. And then Deuce has like in the set, like it's it's a show his show track, it has like a doom doom. So we had like the lights up top just kind of like flashing <laughs> every time the hits went off. And it has like it's this crazy. amazing that show drop. Crazy. I was on the side like this is giving me goosebumps right now. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal. Goosebumps. Yeah. That's that's what it did. You it's, guys. It's hard to explain it because if you haven't been around church events sometimes i don't know how to describe it. it's a real concert what you guys put together yeah and it's not to say that you know other things that people do aren't real shows they right. still have their value yeah. but there's a different level whenever you say man the world throws these amazing concerts and they are in a lot of ways perpetuating darkness leading people to dehumanize other beings other human beings do negative things, right? Sell drugs, yeah. chase after money, um, misogynistic, whatever. Like all these different things. These people are getting million dollar budgets behind their stinking shows. And it's like, we have to compete with that. And for the most part, a lot of Christian events just don't do it well from a production standpoint. Like even just like bringing the lights down and bringing up when the people come out on stage. Yeah. 99% of Christian events, those things don't happen. Those right. elements don't happen. Yeah. So when you get into a space where it's like, for Jesus, for the kingdom, for the gospel, for people to meet him, for people to be encouraged in their faith that they already have with him, and it's excellent to the level of something that you would see at the TLA, it's just really beautiful. Like I, That's why I, I felt the whole set. Like that whole final set with the lighting, with the elements, you guys being ridiculous as you always are. It was just like, man, this is a real show. It's a re- and it's like, of course it's a real show. You guys are real artists. Right. But it's also <clears throat> like, this should be our standard. Right. Yeah. I always said, man, like, if we're going to do this for the kingdom, let's do it. You know what I mean? Yep. Jesus Amen. don't do stuff whack, man. Amen. <clears throat> no more GMOs. No more GMOs, guys. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Um, thank you guys a million times over for doing this episode. Um, that was that was my big takeaway. It was like, there's a standard here. And for us, as I said before, Rev Creatives, it makes so much sense for us to partner with y'all as we can in the ways we can to help you guys create things like The Village, help you create mm-hmm. FOF, rather than us try to go reinvent the wheel. It makes no sense to not partner with brothers in Christ in the city that carry the same stuff and are a part of our extended family. So for us, it was a no-brainer, right? The, and, and the reality is that's only made possible because of all the people who partner with us. Yeah. So we're just basically a funnel, right, to help people who want to give towards missions through the arts in the city of Philadelphia. We know one of the places where that tunnel is going to go, right. right? We know one of the ways we're going we're gonna to funnel those those things that God's given us to steward is in the direction of what you guys are doing. So um, as people who are listening to this episode, if you're here and you partner with us, thank you for partnering with Ripe Creative so that we can partner with FOF, with The Village, with Doc Hero, Sean Perez, and the rest of the crew. Um, thank you for allowing us to be able to step in this direction and make an impact in the city with some amazing brothers in Christ that are doing great things. Um, and if you're here and you're listening and you don't currently partner with Ripe Creatives, we'd encourage you to jump on our website, ripecreatives.com, click the Give button, consider making a donation, partner with us so that we can do more stuff like this in the future. Um, any generosity, any frequency, any level um, is greatly, greatly appreciated. 
And it also helps us even produce this podcast, Time is Ripe. So we appreciate your generosity um, towards any of those ends. Um, guys, any final thoughts just about FOFS June 2nd, 2023, before we officially sign off? Man, I just I just want to say thank you for, you know, everything you did as far as kind of like restarting the wheel and just kind of like <clears throat> just kind of like doing like the wake up call. Um, this was like our first event uh, that we've done since the pandemic. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to go from uh, what you had before and saying, hey, we can't really duplicate or replicate that. So let's just put it on pause. But uh, you doing what you did and starting those conversations really kind of like said, OK, all right, we can do this. It can be done. So thank you, man. Same here. Thank you. Appreciate just what you help us restart just on the simple, just conversation. Yeah. And that conversation led to the next thing and us, uh, you know, reaching out to Ashley and Elijah about using the space for these up and coming events and everything like that. And all the volunteers that helped out, like Sean reached out to Kenny and Kenny was just willing to help out as well. And, Shout out like, to Legend. Shout out to the Legend, man, and everybody else behind the scenes that helped us. I mean, yeah. Heather at the door, Dar at the door, like Absolutely. all those things help <coughs> what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's definitely more to come. Uh, we did FOFS. The Village is going to happen again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you guys want to follow the journey, you know, hit us up on Instagram, FOF Collective. And uh, we'll see you guys very yep. soon. Yep. And you'll probably see a lot of FOF and Rep Creatives on the same Instagram stuff. So a lot oh, of yeah. our tags are collaborative and things like that. So if you follow us, you should be able to find FOF pretty easily. A lot of the reels yeah. that we'll we posted anywhere. over the last few months have been in connection together. So, um, Jared, anything from your end? Thank you guys for trusting me and letting me run with what I do. I don't know how many events there are that I'll go in and I have people breathing down my neck because they don't think that I understand what I'm doing. And you guys know I do what I do and let me run with it. Oh, thank you, Jared. Thank you, Jared. Shame the on A1. those people. <laughs> Jared, I'll fight in war and battle. In day, man. Bro, I'll take you. <laughs> listen, y'all. Take thank you, you a million times over uh, for listening to today's episode. I know it was a long one. It was a full one. But I hope you got something great out of it. Uh, artists, there's there's a lot in here for y'all to pick up on and, and, and take hold of um, and lean into uh, as you develop your craft and want to figure out how do I do this for Jesus and in doing it for Jesus, be excellent in doing it for him. Um, excellence is so key, y'all. If you want to make an impact in this culture and you want to reach the next generation, you have to be excellent. I think there's a lot of P's and Q's to take from Doc Hero and Sean Perez and FOF and this whole thing. So thank you guys for being a part of the episode. Top Mop, as always, thank you. And uh, until next time, y'all, as always, stay right. Mama, look. Put your soul in check, let the mic in.